State Farm Insurance knows that understanding and investing in our cultural identity is paramount in protecting our future. We know what it's like to go from nothing to something to wish that we had better financial literacy when we were younger. Luckily, State Farm is here to help with funding programs like Project Ready, which is committed to education achievement and has already awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to black and brown youth since 2021. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Mess. Celebrate your magic in the middle of life's messes. Hot, happy mess. I'm Zuri Hall, and this is Hot, happy mess. Oh, shoot. Hello, hello. What is up? Welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, Zuri Hall, and this is Hot, happy mess. Today, we have a very special episode, a standalone episode, if you will. It's an alpha babe spotlight. Oh my God. Ow. My voice cracked on the last one and now I'm choking. Yikes. Anyways, uh, this is a special episode because it's a standalone. You know, we've had our peace and happiness series to get things going here on Hot Happy Mess. And we are headed into a very sexy series coming up next. Stay tuned and I'll tell you all in just a minute. But today is all about an amazing, badass alpha babe who is doing her thing, okay? So an alpha babe is a concept, a phrase, a saying, whatever you want to call it, that I came up with quite a few years ago, probably five or six years ago, to kind of reclaim the word alpha and combine it with this soft, sexy, um, sort of pretty and sometimes delicate word of babe. Because as a highly ambitious working woman, I feel like we sometimes get like a bad rap of alpha. Oh, you're so alpha. You're never going to find a man. Oh, you're so alpha. You're you're too strong or domineering or this or that. You're too, too. It was all about reclaiming that word and taking the word alpha and making it a good thing, making it something that we should be proud of. Who? Why not be the leader of your own life? And that's exactly what, what I think of when I think of the term alpha. And yet still, I strongly believe that we can be strong and brave and bold and badasses in the boardroom or whatever it is in our professional or work life, and then also be 
delicate and soft and sweet and sexy and sort of lean into our femininity. We don't have to choose. We can be both. And I really feel like that's the beauty of duality. So these Alpha Babe spotlights will come every now and then. And each episode will spotlight one amazing badass woman who is just doing the damn thing in her life and yet still keeping it real about the hot, happy, and mess of it all. So like I said, for me, Alpha Babe means being an unapologetically ambitious and mindful millennial woman who's designing a life that she loves and she leads. She knows what she wants and she is not afraid to work for it, okay? That juxtaposition of Alpha and Babe is all about embracing our duality as women. We can be smart and sexy, strong and soft, a hardworking badass and a self-care connoisseur. You know, it's all about substance and style. I started a blog, the Alphabet blog, years ago, like a hot minute. And over time, it slowly morphed into a women's empowerment initiative. You know, at the start of 2020, I actually did an Alpha Bay power panel where I brought together some of the best colleagues that I have in, in this entertainment news industry of ours. And we all came together for a really dope panel to kind of share our industry lessons, our career journeys, our words of wisdom to other aspiring hosts and really just anyone who wanted some empowerment and some encouragement. And we raised thousands of dollars for COVID-19 relief efforts. So that was really cool. And I'm excited to do more of that. If you want to check out the old blog posts, the archives, if you will, you can go to the Alphabet blog. It's on my website, zurihall.com. Okay. So in the meantime, I am so excited to kick off our Alphabet Spotlight series with one of the dopest of Alpha Babes that I can think of, Jackie Ina. She is so laid back, so down to earth, so funny, and obviously one of the most influential voices in beauty today. Jackie Ina is a Nigerian-American content creator and activist with over 6 million followers across her social media platforms. Jackie uses her voice to advocate for the inclusivity of people of color within the beauty industry. Jackie is loved for serving up the best in skincare and makeup content. And my favorite part is that she makes us laugh while she does it. Her personality is just it. Now she's venturing into the lifestyle and wellness space with her new self-care brand for the, and I quote, regular regular girl, Forever Mood. So I'm so excited for you to hear this journey. We are talking about the ups and downs of Jackie's life, her time in the service, her first marriage, and sort of the revelations that she had, the growth that she had through that journey, through that divorce process, how she found herself and her calling, um, how YouTube took off. At one point, um, she talks about rock bottom for her when she barely had more than a few dollars to her name and was just really going through it. And to think about where she started, where she ended up, and what she has built for herself now is just so inspirational. So I know you're going to love the conversation. Just a quick heads up, we were having slight technical difficulties, okay? It's still a baby podcast, so we're we're learning to walk. We're getting it together, but we fixed the tech issues moving forward. So I rebuke Extra Echo in the name of 2021. Okay, new year, new tech. Here we go. In the meantime, without further ado, here's Jackie. 
How are you today, love? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to have this chat with you. Of course. Of course. I'm excited to talk with you too. Obviously, I am a fan of your your career and everything that you've been able to accomplish, particularly as a Black woman um, in this beautiful country of ours. And what I love most is how real you are and how the personality that you showed when you first started off is the same. Not in a way that doesn't say you can't evolve, but that you don't seem to have changed the essence of who you are, even with the accomplishments and the success that you found in this industry. And that's why I'm so excited to do this Alpha Babe Spotlight. I just want to hop right in. Uh, we're going to do a rapid fire Cosmo style quiz moment. Whatever comes to your mind first, no censoring. Okay. First up. Okay. I'm a try. <laughs> all right. All right. Jackie, if you could do a karaoke duet with literally anyone in the world, who would it be? Besides Rihanna. Already got to do that. That was amazing. Oh, we were going to talk about it. We were going to talk about the fact that you and Rihanna shared a mic. Even it was a if, moment. Even if she drags me, I'm going to say Mariah. I'm going to say Mariah. She's going to drag me because I'm going to sound horrible. But I'm going to say Mariah because why the hell not? Exactly. Just own it. Speak that into existence. Mariah, I will say this about Mariah. When she drags you, it is a blessing. Like anything trickling down from Ms. Carrie, I sat on her staircase for two hours waiting for this amazing woman to come out of what apparently was her bedroom. I thought Mariah wasn't even at the house for this interview. I was like, oh, she's so late because, you know, the traffic. When the front, when the door of the bedroom opened and I realized Mariah Carey had been in there the whole time. I'm dead. Taking her time. You can't do anything but just, you know, bow down. Some people down. work to get to that level. And you know what? Wouldn't even be offended. Like, Listen, aspirational. Mm-hmm. I was just blessed. I got to stare, uh, sit on the staircase. You know, the <laughs> twins were running around. Morocco was going up and down. And I was just like, you know what? This is a story. I'm grateful to have it. Okay. So you would karaoke with Mariah. The song that sums up your current week. What kind of week you been having? Oof. Oof. <laughs> it's been that. What kind of week is that, Daddy? I'm going to say, boo, get out the way. <laughs> get out the way. I got stuff to do. I got, well, I can't say I got places to go because we quarantined them. We can't but go nowhere. But you got stuff to Christmas. do. I got stuff to do. I got gifts to buy. I've been in such a like, get in and out. Like, what do you want? What's get to the point, please. That's just the vibe I've been on. But you know what? I need to be more optimistic and like slow down sometimes. Interesting. Do you feel like, and I don't want to do too much because it's supposed to be rapid fire, but is the move get out the way people blocking the energy, the things that you need to do? Or is it just, I just got shit to do. So I got to do no, it. No, it's just like, I just got stuff to do. So like, I need mm-hmm. to hurry up, hurry up. What do you want? What you doing? Listen, keep, keep it moving. Come on, let's go. Right, right, right. <laughs> okay, okay. Move, y'all. Get out the way. Uh, I feel sexiest when? Ooh. Ironically, without makeup. When it's just me, mm-hmm. lingerie at home, even if I'm by myself, you know, even mm-hmm. if I'm at home, I feel the most beautiful when I'm just like home in my comfort zone. Yeah, speaking of lingerie, girl, we see you in that Savage by Fenty. We see you. We see you in that lingerie. <laughs> only, only Savage could give me like, post lingerie because it was very much out of my comfort zone but yeah. I was like you know what I'm 33 like lingerie is a natural part of life you know so it, was, it definitely took some adjusting but I genuinely do love the product so that's not really I 
I'm glad that you brought that up and said that because I wondered that, right? Like when I see women, especially like Savage is so sexy, it's so dope. I definitely ordered for me in my closet and I was like, whoo, I would love to put this online. But sometimes the insecurity or the self-consciousness comes in. Was that a process for you? Like I'm about to be on the interwebs in a whole ass bra and panty and it is what it is. And the internet can be savage, like no pun intended. What was that for you? What was that process like? For me, it was not only like inner insecurity about like bodies because yeah, like I'm confident, but I'm not just this person who just unconditionally loves every single ounce of myself. It's not like I'm never critical of myself. Of course I have insecurities, but it was more, it was less of that and more like, I know the people who are my followers that are a little bit more conservative are probably not going to be comfortable with it. And you know what? Like, you have the right to not be comfortable with it. But at the end of the day, like if I post something online, it's because I chose to. No one held a gun in my head and forced me to do it. You know, like I feel like I'm at an age where I don't, I, I can think before I post and I can post responsibly and I can also dress responsibly. And I just feel like there's so much like shame in a lot of religious groups. I, I'm Christian. I grew up um, Baptist, Southern Baptist. So same. you don't really celebrate your body or your sexuality or how you look. And to be honest with you, the older that I get, Zuri, like the more comfortable I am with those things. Mm-hmm. So my content, like why wouldn't my content reflect that as well? You know, mm, so there was yes. definitely some eyebrow comments, eyebrow raising comments for people like, you don't have to do this. And you, it's like, I know that at 33, trust me, I of all people know that I'm not 15. Right. I'm not 20, you know, like, I've been married before. I, I've lived life and yeah. I've decided that if this is what I want to do or if I'm comfortable with it, I'm going to post it. And good for you. It's like, you know, like for me, I feel like things are, are done within reason and there is such thing as like tastefully doing something. And if I want to post it tastefully, I'm going to do it. And if, <laughs> else, and if somebody else doesn't want to be tasteful, that's their prerogative. Like, I'm not. Exactly. Look the other way. But that's this is what's happening over here. Exactly. So get on board or get off. Okay. So uh, that was the lingerie moment. Um, next up, first kiss. My first kiss was. <gasps> I was 13, <laughs> I think I was. 13? 13. Yeah, I, 13. I think I was 13. And I just. Ooh. I like nothing, nothing escalated after that. It was like, I just got one kid when I was 13. Didn't actually get like a man until I was like in college. Same. Wait, were you a late bloomer? My first kiss was 17 and a half. Wow. And I didn't have really? me until sophomore year of college. That's so right. sweet. Jackie, do not so sweet me. That's okay. So Joseph and Valencia wouldn't let me out the house. They wouldn't let me do nothing. Honey, my parents, look, okay, my dad is Nigerian, so super strict. Like, I had to come home at 10 p.m. on prom night. Like, he was not letting me do nothing. Yeah. No. He was Girl, they let They let me have prom night. No, my dad locked himself in the room and turned off all the lights. He wouldn't come out to see me in my dress, but he let me go. Your wow. dad... Told you to be home at 10 o'clock? 10 p.m., even on prom night. I was like, well, damn. No sleepovers <laughs> allowed, never. It really? Was, yeah, he was strict. So I wasn't trying to like chant it. I was definitely not rebellious when I was young. Same, same. Like, if somebody told me to do something, I just did it. I didn't question it. I didn't ask why. I didn't want nothing. It was just like, that's what it is. Okay, got it. That's what we're doing. That's what's <laughs> happening. Yeah, I was the same. Authority. Wow, what a relationship. Um, okay, uh, beauty product that you swear by. Okay, I gotta have something for my lips. So for me, it's gotta be the Jack Black lip creams. 
and they they're in Sephora, but they're they look like guy skincare. But I swear by these lip balms, they're so bomb. Like they're okay, and I don't have to like put it on again for hours. Like they're so good. Okay, because that's my thing. It's like I'll throw the chapstick on, but we just might have to be ashy for 20, 30 minutes if <laughs> I gotta keep reapplying every hour. No, I don't no, know. No. You don't gotta keep reapplying. Like you put it on, it's gonna last for hours. It's so good. Okay. I am secretly terrified of Ooh, okay. The Nigerian in me does not believe in telling people what I'm secretly terrified of. It's such a Why? Yes. I don't put that on the atmosphere because I truly believe once you tell people what you're afraid of, they'll use it against you. So I don't tell people. Really? I don't tell people my my goals and I don't tell people what I'm afraid of. Wow. See, I feel you with the goals. And that took some time for me to get to. That was just the last couple of years because people will take a whole dream you have and be sending so much negative energy you don't even realize towards that intention. They will. 100%. They sabotage. Okay. And they may, need even, they may not even realize that they're doing it. But mm-hmm. nope, I don't I don't give energy to any of that stuff because if yeah. I can do it, by the time I tell you, I've already done it. Like it's right. already too late. You can't sabotage it. You can't talk me out of it. You can't convince me otherwise. Like I've already done it. And then you can just yeah. celebrate with me instead of tell, giving me the advice that I did not ask for. And that you're probably not qualified to give in the first place. So there's Anyway, that. anyway, sitting here taking <laughs> comments from people who ain't done nothing, ain't been nowhere, ain't trying to go nowhere. Listen. Just saying. Talk about it. <laughs> hot Cheetos or hot fries? Ooh, hot Cheetos. This, okay, thank you. I was like, this is going to reveal a lot. I just, Zuri, have you ever put hot Cheetos on a burger, though? No. Fire. Is it really a life-changing situation? I don't even... Okay, I don't eat dairy anymore, but back in the day when I used to eat cheeseburgers, okay. there's just something about that cheese coating the hot Cheetos. Bam. Mm-hmm. Like, it'll okay. It'll make you cry. Okay, let me throw a couple Cheetos on a burger one time this weekend in honor of Jackie. I'll report back. I'll let you know how it goes. It's like stuff in there is so good. <laughs> that actually sounds delicious. And I eat them really. I just bought a 50 pack, honest to God, in bulk. Oh that's on top of my fr- That's how serious this they is. Sell 50 packs? What the heck? Right. Me and my therapist probably need to talk about this. That's a conversation <laughs> for another day. Um, the superpower I would like to possess. Okay, I want to be invisible. Why? You want to show up places and just kind of... That too. I could be kind of like <laughs> laying low, like, you know, sneaking in a conference room, sneaking in the banks or something, like, just like... <laughs> not banks. You What you're not going to do is just like casually throw out sneaking into banks I mean, as if that is not a whole robbery. You never know. No, I don't mean to steal nothing. I mean, like, <laughs> what if I can go be the fly on the wall of like, a billionaire's meeting with his investment. I just want to like learn stuff and like discover things. And I want to be able to disappear if I get pulled over by the cops. Like if I get pulled over by the cops, pull my my car over and just disappear. (laughs) I love that. And I actually love that you want to be invisible at a bank and not even attempt to walk out with the gold bars. Because I'm telling you right now, if I'm invisible at a bank, I can't say what will or won't happen. I can't say what might not go missing at the end of that day. And lastly, before we kick things off with the the um, the Jackie of it all, what is your love language? Ooh, okay. So I feel like mine is definitely touch. I'm very affectionate. I love a lot of hugs. I like hand holding. So definitely touch. Okay, physical touch. Mm-hmm. I scored a one out of 11 on physical touch. 
wow, is that for no reason? Like there's nothing, there's no childhood, no, no reflection, nothing that would be like, okay, that makes sense. I just never liked to be like hugged or like physical space, like hanging out on a couch with someone. I would like give them so much space to where they would be like, does she even like me? Like, are we Netflixing and chilling or should I leave? And I'm like, no, this is great. Like I'm having so much fun. And they're like, oh, I was socially distancing before it was like socially mandated. It's just bizarre. It's so That's weird. so funny. They're like, they're, you're like 10 feet apart from them. And they're like, are yeah. you good? They're like, could you not? My boyfriend is like, what is why? Or, I don't even get it. And he's like a 25 out of 10. So it's just the most, um, but it's good. <laughs> balance yin yang yeah. okay um let's go ahead and and dive into this amazing career that you have busted your butt for completely poured yourself into because things like this don't happen overnight and it's very rare that something like this happens quickly uh just break down for our listeners what has your journey been like from u.s army vet to now this amazing beauty mogul not just youtuber which was already impressive when you think about the subscribers and the viewership that you've amassed but also in the traditional beauty space you have carved out a lane for yourself and you are um one of the best, one of the top in your field. So how, how did that journey, how did that process happen for you? Very nonlinear. And to spare you <laughs> the juicy details, I'll just keep it summarized. But basically, I have always been a pretty creative person since as long as I can remember. Like, I, I feel like I genuinely am meant to be doing exactly what I'm doing now. And I've always known that as early as like nine or 10 years old. But as I mentioned earlier, it posed... A conflict being that, you know, I'm the daughter of an immigrant. And um, most, I think that most children of immigrants have the same story and that like our parents just expect bigger and better for us. And bigger and better to them is not necessarily the same when you're like from the US and we're so optimistic and we're, we tend to be a little bit more open-minded career-wise, career-wise, right? So I always thought I was going to like go to school and do fashion. That was like a, a very, very early on goal of mine. And my parents were like, no, you're going to go to school and you're going to be a pharmacist. And of course, because I'm not rebellious, I'm like, okay, so I'm going to go to school and be a pharmacist. Like, wow. Sure, I'll do it. Yeah. Okay. Sounds easy. Okay. Really? <laughs> were you so easy. Because you said you had that thing with authority and it's like, okay, well, I guess this is what I had to do. Was something inside of you ever fighting against that? Or was it you hadn't come into your own yet? to the point where you would even think to counter it? Well, I would definitely say it's the latter, but also it was kind of posed as like an ultimatum. It was like, yeah, you can go to school. I really wanted to go to Finham. They were like, you can go to school, but like you'll be on your own. Uh, and you'll be cut off, which I don't even know why they said cut off. They didn't have me. Right. So <laughs> they cut off from what? I don't know. What, what are you taking hurt? away, yeah, mom, exactly. dad? So they were just like, yeah, you can do that, but you'll be on your own. Or you can go to school. We'll help you, support you, whatever. So then I was like, okay. But then I get to school and they wasn't even supporting me anyway. So like the second year in, I'm like, my parents, by that time, my, my parents split up my sophomore year. And um, it was depressing. Like it was the, one of the most depressing years of my life. Like I was just going through it. My mom was like, homeless um, because she was like living in shelters. And this was the third time that this has happened to us because my parents had split up like twice. First time when I was in middle school, second time when I was in high school. And both times we were living in shelters at the time. We were homeless um, when they split up. So then we get to college. I was just like, I just, my brain just exploded. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. 
but I'm not incentivized to be here. My parents aren't even together anymore. Like I don't really have anybody forcing me to do this. So I got to do something else. So then this guy that I'm dating at the time was in the army, the guy that I later on go on to marry. And he basically like posed it. Like at the time the army was like everything that I was looking for is stability. It was like money, it was career opportunities. It was like the chance to like get me out of what I had going on at the time. So it's not like I wanted to be in the military, but it was just kind of like, I mean, I guess I don't really have any other options. It was more like a, why not? It was a way out, a means yeah, to an end. Yeah, exactly. It was like a, why not? And so I went into it knowing absolutely nothing about it. I mean, my aunt at the time was a veteran and like, I asked her questions, but that was like, I don't know, like 30 years. It was just different when she was in, right? So I went in and then while I was in, um, I was very much so still doing creative stuff on the side, not like it's a job on the side. I had discovered makeup when I was in college. Mm -hmm. And so when I joined the military, I kind of took that skill with me. And then, um, wait, wait, wait. You said when you joined the military, you took the skill with you. Were you trying to be like, hold on, I know it's sunrise, but let me just like beat my face no, real quick no, before no, I. No, 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 you couldn't get me about it. I met. You couldn't? You couldn't? No, no, no. You don't I, wear any makeup when you're like. Girl, I come from a military family and I'm the black sheep who was like, I'm going to Hollywood. So, like, I am living for all of your stories because I should know more and I just don't. Like, I. So, there's no, you're not allowed, even if you want to. to no, no. When you're, okay, so when you're in the service, you can wear makeup, but I'm saying like, I went to like basic training, like when I first joined, like that entry training, you don't wear anything. So you're going completely cold turkey, no makeup, no beauty products, nothing. Everybody looks the same. It's packaged the same, dressed the same. You wear the same drawers. Everything is the same. You don't have a skincare routine. You don't have anything. Everybody looks the same. (laughs) There is no skincare routine. No skincare routine. Forget it. You don't have time. So I joined. I'm still possessing this love for makeup. And by the way, I'm in the reserves. So I'm part-time military when I joined. I don't have like full-time commitment to, it's like one leg in, you do like two days a month. It's very part-time. And then two years in, I had ended up marrying the guy that had encouraged me to join. Um, When we got married, we lived in Hawaii. And when I lived in Hawaii and I was married, I was very unhappy. It was not a good marriage for both of us. Um, we just were too young. I mean, we're talking like 21. I got, we both were 21 at the time. So 21. Wow. Dumb and very Babies. When I, yeah. You would think when I tell this story, these stories to people, they would think I'm like in my forties, but I'm like, no, this all happened by the time I was 21. <laughs> 21. We're, we're married and we're not happy. And this is when YouTube started to like really, really get popular with like makeup. And I noticed that a lot of the people that I used to really watch and enjoy back then, none of them looked like me. I was like watching these videos of like white women and Asian women. And I was basically taking their looks and I was like making them work for my skin tone. So in addition to that, I'm still doing makeup on the side just for fun. And whenever I would go like to a counter or like a makeup store, I just felt like the experience was so discouraging because I just remember like walking. This is in 2009, mind you. I remember every time I would walk into a store, no matter what store I was at or what counter I would go to, you can always just tell they didn't know what to do because the black girl walked in. Like right. they, they would just be frantic. They'd be like, yep. oh, like pull up. Like who's going to get her? Who's going to exactly. have to deal with this face? Exactly. It was like, who's yep. gonna, what are we going to do? And so I just got so sick and tired of experiencing that. And so I just started being like, you know what? I'm going to stop asking for help. I'm going to stop going to makeup counters. I'm going to just start going, acting like I know what I'm doing. I'm going to learn how to do this stuff myself. And so it was really my best friend who encouraged me and pushed me into starting my channel because 
I was not trying to be like on camera like that. Like I was very like, I was way more timid and shy back then. I was still, I still had a somewhat of a big personality, but I just was not trying to be like, hi guys. It, it was just, it was weird back then. So my best friend was the one who was like, well, I mean, what else are you doing? Like, you might as well. And I was like, damn, you might, huh? So then that was basically like how I started my channel. And when I started my channel, I didn't realize I was not only filling a void for myself, but other people who, who looked like me, who, you know, wanted to see someone who, who looked like them, someone who represented them, someone who spoke the way that they spoke and, you know, had the same features that they did, learning how to do these really cool glam techniques. And that's kind of like how it started from there. That's fascinating. The, when you started, I'm curious to know, what was the goal? Was there an end goal at that point? Or was it just, hey, I see a void or not even, you said you didn't even see the void. You didn't even realize how desperately people wanted this content, myself included as a black woman. When I think about YouTube in the, I'm like, 2010s, early, even before 2010, like there weren't many people who did look like me, look like you on the platform. And also it wasn't a space for monetization, really. Like we were just on there engaging with and consuming content that we enjoyed. So were you just sharing to share? What was, what was your hope when you first got started with YouTube? So to be completely realistic, the first, like I would say three years I was just posting casually, sharing to share, no goal, no, like, I mean, yeah, the goal was to like get followers, but you don't think those followers translate to something. It was completely non-transactional whatsoever. Like I wasn't thinking of like, oh, I can, you know, milk this, I can grow, I can do this. To be honest with you, I kind of wish I was a little bit more business savvy because I think I probably could have had more strategy. I could have grown a lot more back then. Um, but you know, like that's unfortunately like I'm here now, but I can't change it, you know, and I, I wouldn't have it any other way anyway, yeah. but no, it was completely just me casually posting community building. And to be honest with you, it did a lot for my self-esteem because I was living in this, on this Island. I didn't know anyone in Hawaii except my ex-husband. And then we were unhappy. And then I started working for Mac when I lived out there. And so that was like a little boost of confidence and the little like bit of like positivity I had going for myself at the time. So I finally started to feel like not worthless. And that was the first time I did it not like the first time I felt like I had some worth because the past couple of years, like leading up to getting married and then up until that point, like it was just like a lot. And, you know, being isolated from family and friends definitely made that worse. But my, that community really built me and really like, it was like a void that I was missing too. And so, yeah, it was more like an emotional void, if anything, and it was not transactional whatsoever. Are you all about the NBA action? You've got to try Pick 6, the newest fantasy app from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Right now, new customers can earn a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 in Pick 6 credits when you deposit $5 or more. Getting started is simple. Just download the DraftKings Pick 6 app and sign up with code TBE. Pick at least two players and choose if they'll have more or less of a stat. 
like will they score more or less than 30 points or have more or less than eight assists? Lock them in and compete against others for a shot at huge cash prizes. Download the DraftKings Pick 6 app now and get started with code TBE. New customers can earn a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 in Pick 6 credits when you deposit $5 or more. Only on DraftKings Pick 6 with code TBE. The crown is yours. One offer per new customer. Minimum $5 deposit to receive a match of up to $100 in Pick 6 credits. Non-withdrawable and valid for Pick 6 use only. Expire after 180 days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick 6 states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. Nissan has a car for everyone, and that means every driver who wants more. Whatever your more is, more freedom, more head-turning style, more exhilaration, Nissan has it. Get more exhilaration behind the wheel of the Nissan Z, the sports car built to deliver the most thrilling drive ever. Make more moves with the Nissan Rogue that can switch between power and fuel efficiency at the press of a pedal. If you're craving more adventures with your crew, try the Nissan Pathfinder, the vehicle with muscle to help you handle the journey. Want more of a rush with your drive? Zip around in the agile and stylish Nissan Sentra. And for the drive that's positively more electric, the Nissan Aria has the perfect combination of raw power and refined luxury. When you want more of what makes driving exciting, from sports cars and sedans to EVs, pickups, and crossovers, you can rely on Nissan because more is all we do. Get the endless excitement and more you've been looking for. Check out Nissan's amazing lineup. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. 2023 EPA fuel economy estimates. 30 city MPG, 37 highway MPG, 33 combined MPG for Rogue S and SV front wheel drive. 28 city MPG, 35 highway MPG, 31 combined MPG for Rogue S and SV all wheel drive. 29 city MPG, 36 highway MPG, 32 combined MPG for Rogue SL and platinum front wheel drive. 28 city MPG, 34 highway MPG, 31 combined MPG for Rogue SL and platinum all wheel drive. Actual mileage may vary with driving conditions. Use for comparison only. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's interesting to me when you say that you were in this space where you weren't particularly happy. Um, this fills an emotional void in your life. On the podcast here on How Happy Mess, what we've had a lot of conversations about um, are the moment, like the breaking point when you just decided, I can't do this anymore. I can't feel how I felt another day, <laughs> you know? And so you have to kind of like max out before you decide to make a change. Um, like what was that moment for you? And was there fear associated? What emotions came with deciding I'm about to make a hard turn in my life, but it's only because I deserve happiness and I need to make this hard turn to get too happy. Well, when I was, when I was married, we were both unhappy for a while. Like I'll even say like, I was unhappy even before we got married, but I didn't know, I wasn't mature enough to like, understand like, that's your gut girl. Like, listen to that and don't marry this guy. <laughs> right. right. Both of you good. You know what I mean? It's not just about me. It'll be good for both of us. And so, um, we get into the relationship. We're both not happy. We, not even we, he actually left me. It was a, it was a bit of, it was, a bit, it was a bit of an ego bruise. It was, yeah, I, I just thought it would be good for both of us. Um, or I, I didn't think that relationship, we, we clearly both weren't happy. And so um, he ended up, you know, deciding to end the marriage. 
And I was just like literally hanging on by thread, like trying to be a good loyal wife, honey. I was really, like, I don't know. I don't care how hard it gets. I just, I'm married now. Like I'm stuck. This is what it is. And so when he left me, it was a bit of an ego bruise because I felt like I was like in the trenches. Like I was holding one, you know what I mean? Right, so it right. Was, it was definitely a little bit of an of a ego bruise. And then um, ultimately we ended up splitting, way, parting ways. I moved back to California and then I start looking for work and I start working on the local army base. Um, I, well, I had to move back in with my mom and she's about an hour, 45 minutes away from this base. So I didn't have a car. I sold my car to move to Hawaii. So I literally moved back to California with like nothing, like less than like $150, something like that. Wow. And so in order for me to be able to work on base because I didn't have a car and I lived an hour, my mom lived an hour away, I had to move on base. But the problem was this is a reserve base. So there's no like barracks or anything like that. There was an all male veterans homeless shelter. And I didn't realize it was an all-male shelter until I moved out. No, wait, is that where you stayed? That's where I stayed for like a couple weeks because I'm wow. like, well, I'm just trying to like get this paper child. Like, I'm right. Just, I thought it was just like a little like, I don't know. I thought it was like a on camp, uh, on-base housing situation. Right, right. I didn't realize like it was for all-male. So then because I was working on base and like the higher-ups found out, they were like, you're staying where? And I was like, right there. And they were like, uh, you need to leave now. And I was like, right. Okay. <laughs> I was like, well, um, y'all gonna pay me more because like, I can't afford to, to stay in the, the base hotel. Like what, yeah. good. what time is it? So they ended up being like, yes, we'll help you. We'll, we'll, we'll put you in the on-base hotel. And I'm telling you, Zuri, this hotel was like $25 a night and I couldn't even afford that. Oh and my God. That's how cheap this was. Like that's how down and Yeah. Yeah. So I'm staying in this hotel. I've been staying there for like a couple of days and trigger warning. This is definitely involving like suicidal thoughts and, you know, yeah. things of that depression. Mm-hmm. And so I just remember like one night I'm staying in this hotel room I'm by myself. I spent a lot of time by myself um, outside of work. And I, you know, my, my negative thoughts had just caught up to me. And um, mind you, this is like 2009, 2010 which was supposed to be the year and would have been the year I would have graduated college. So I start, my, my thoughts start catching up to me. You start seeing pictures of your, your old friends and colleagues that graduated and are getting jobs. Yeah. Yeah. I am in this, in this hotel, I can't even afford to pay for a $25 a night hotel that I can't even afford to pay for myself. I'm sitting here by myself on the verge of, you know, a fresh divorce, no money to my name, pretty much nothing going for me. And I was just like really, really, really depressed. And I really, really felt like I was going to do something that I would have regretted. So I remember calling my mom that night and I said, I just need you to like stay on the phone with me because I don't think, I don't, I don't trust myself to like be by myself in this hotel right now. Like I just need you to stay on the phone with me. I need you to make me feel better. And so we talked and, and I just cried for like, I don't know, two, three hours straight and was just on the phone with her venting and she was just listening and, and, you know, being present, doing what moms do. And so finally, I think we got off the phone at 1am and I felt better. I actually did feel better. I really did. After I talked to my mom, I, I definitely felt like, okay, I can, I feel better. I, can I don't do think this, I'm going to do this. I, I just, I think I just needed to vent and get it out and, you know, 
I, I just needed to be heard. And so I get yeah. up and then I started listening to music. I start cleaning up the room or whatever. And that song, Biggie, Sky's the Limit, came on by Biggie. Mm, okay, yeah, yeah. And then I to the lyrics, I'm like, sky's the limit and you know that you can have right. be which one. And I'm like, you know hey. <laughs> I can't have what I want. I can't be who I want. Mm. So like, I just started listening to the song and I started really like, listen to the lyrics. And I was like, yo, play it again. I started listening to it again. Had it on loop. I, I put it on loop and I, I told myself, I'm not going to like, I'm not going to turn this off until I believe every single part of the song. Mm. And I listened to that song. I'm not even kidding. It, it had to have been like to 6 a.m. I wow. had to, I played that song for like three, four hours straight. Wow. And I just kept playing it and kept playing it and kept playing it. And literally that night was the turning point for me. I said, I will never be that Jackie again. Wow. Ever. She wow. was buried tonight. Whoever yeah. I was that had low enough self-esteem to be married, divorced, and to end up where I am, that person is gone. I'll never be that person mm. ever. And wow. I never look back. Oh my God. Jackie, I am getting literal chills hearing you talk about your journey. The fact that you're so open about it is just a blessing for so many people's lives because so many of us, I've had that moment, that rock bottom moment where you are just like, this ain't it, but it feels like you are so far away from any other option right. and you lose hope. And those thoughts get really, really dark. And right. so for you to be open about those thoughts at your darkest moment and for people to see where you are now is such an inspiration. I myself take inspiration from that hearing this right now. What would you say to people who are listening um, who might be in one of those rock bottom or dark moments where it just feels like the clouds are not going to part? And even if they do, there is not going to be much waiting for me on the other side of this cloud parting. What would you hope they understand about life, the universe, how, how, how it all works, what can happen? I feel like the biggest takeaway from my own experiences, and this is such a blessing and it's also a curse, everything is temporary. You know, some for some people, even money, you know, like I'm doing right now in five years, I who knows what kind of pitfalls are sure coming. I mean, I like to put that out there and you say, bless, honey. You made a manifest. <laughs> but when you're going through something, it's always temporary, always. So, I think that's what helped me. No one was really telling me that, but I was just telling myself that like, okay, this sucks now, but it can't be forever, right? Like, why would it be forever, you know? Um, and I feel like that's something that when you're in it at the, at the time that it's happening, you, you forget to realize, okay, this is not going to be forever. Um, so that's something that I tell myself a lot, but that's also, I think, something that will also humble you and check you because... You never want to get too comfortable. You never want to think you're too far above anybody or you're too good to be, you know, working with certain people or to, to be just be genuinely kind of people because maybe you're on a high. That high could be temporary. So watch yourself because you never know where you could be. Mm, mm, that's, that's amazing advice. We talk a lot about protecting our peace, about, you know, work-life balance, just shifting our perspectives, um, kind of segueing into that, that idea of peace. For me, the power of no was a big thing. I felt like I had to be everything to everybody. I had to say yes to every opportunity because I didn't know if I'd get another one. And you're just in this hustle mindset. Your ambition is driving you. So my 20s was all about people pleasing just one because you want to be liked. 
in a certain space. That's really just it. That was the bottom line. And then two, because there was a scarcity mindset is what I realized I had in my twenties. I've got to do it and I've got to get it all now. And there is no, there's no space in which I can believe that abundance is real. So like, I've got to, it's now, 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 or never. Um, what has your journey, and obviously I've grown out of that and evolved and worked a lot to to shift to an abundance perspective and mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your perspective on that? What was your journey to peace like? As, as your career really started to take off, um, what was the shift that happened where you realized, okay, I'm killing it in my career, but something's got to give personally, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, I need to take care of myself. You know what? I feel like it's such a good point that you brought up about how you went from operating on scarcity versus operating on abundance. But I feel like generationally, especially for a lot of us as African-Americans, that's like a, that's like a generational thing for a lot of us. Like we've always had to just like survive. You know what I mean? So growing up, I had like the two sort of dualities in my parents' relationships. I have like you know, one side of the family that's very like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm good with where I am now. I'll, I'll, you know, take work as it comes and blah, blah. Then you have the other half that's a little bit more like, no, I can say no. No, you came to work for me. You came to work because you wanted to work with me. So I saw a little bit of, of both of that, good, goods and bads on both sides sometimes. Um, I've had to learn for myself the balance because very much like you, you know, when you're on the up and up, honey, you're looking at it from like, I may not ever get this opportunity again. You know what I mean? And that's a very normal thing, I think, in in all creative fields. Like, you literally think this is probably going to be the last opportunity I'm ever going to get. But then I had to remind myself, like, well, they came to you the first time. (laughs) Y'all didn't see it, but Jackie had to lean in for emphasis into the camera. And that's so true. It's so true. Why wouldn't you get another, you know, opportunity? But I think that also comes with confidence wrote that comes with like having the numbers to back it up you know what I mean so um it takes time it takes time but I definitely for a while I I I too operated on scarcity and I think we just all have to learn we don't have to over time we don't have to especially as black women we don't have to operate as if it's our last opportunity it's okay to say no I genuinely have no problem saying no in fact Sometimes I'll be like, hell no. Thankfully, I have <laughs> that is the buffer, so they don't actually hear that from me. But I'm like, oh, <laughs> right. strong up, hard pass. What has it been like for you as a high achieving, extremely successful Black woman, just period, um, when it comes to the pressures, when it comes to navigating those? Um, but you have been honest about, you know, making space for yourself. The fact that people bully you online. I saw a post recently um, when I was just scrolling about you talking about people being like, oh, my God, you're so brave for showing this or showing this about yourself. And you're like, first of all, I'm not brave. I'm doing my job. And like the fact that you're drawing attention to this type of stuff, it wears on you. And I think people um, underestimate how human the, the public figures are that they idolize or respect or admire. So what's that been like for you at the top of your game to really just, you know, be picked apart publicly? Yeah. I mean, the thing is like, because I've been doing this for 11 years, like I've seen a direct shift in like how people treat you and talk to you when you're like the underdog versus when, you know, you're on a pedestal and get- in their eyes, this is not in my words, like how they perceive you. And I've seen a direct shift over the years. And like, 
how, yeah, I think the higher you get in their eyes, like the less human you are and the less like relatable you are. And sometimes that can be um, to my detriment, not to theirs, but to mine. And so I definitely feel like it's important that I remind people like, look, just because I make videos about things that I'm passionate about, it does not mean I'm going to be the voice of every movement, nor should I be. Because my main goal is to use my platform responsibly. And so because of the type of content that I create and the things that I talk about, a lot of times what people will do is they'll be like, oh, you care about this. So you should also, also, be, you should also be speaking about this. And I'll tell people, absolutely, they will not. Because it's not my job to be the voice of everything, the expert at everything. I think sometimes it's important to step aside and know when to pass the mic and give other people the opportunity to share their experiences and their voices too. And um, it's also not fair to me to put that kind of responsibility on me because I, I learn new stuff every day too. You know what I mean? So for people to expect me to be like the voice and the authority, absolutely not. And it's okay. I, th- I feel like the most effective leaders can say, actually, I'm going to take a step back on this one. Not the expert here, but I'll, I'll, I'll let someone else, you know, take this one on because this is not my ministry. This is not my area of expertise. And it does not mean I don't know about it, but it just means that like, I think that this needs to be handled with greater care than just hopping on Instagram live and ranting about it or just sharing a, a Twitter. I, I don't know, whatever it is. I just care more about like using my platform responsibly more than I do just talking about things just because people are pressuring me to talk about them. So I tend to get that a lot and I tend to be anti that because like I said, it's not my responsibility. And I, and I feel like, you know, it's always black women who get thrown into things even without our permission. Like do y'all ever stop to like ask how that wears on me mentally, emotionally? No, because people just assume that I'm a nonstop, you know, I'm just a nonstop, like, information, I guess. Like, right. I, I'm not sure, like, a source of information. Like, I, I am not Google, sir. No, no we are not, not Wikipedia. No, <laughs> not a whole that. human. Exactly. But, like, you know, for example, when Black Lives Matter just started to become somewhat mainstream this year, a lot of people, it, it the, the reactions and the messages that I got were very strange. Mm. Because I feel Talk like, about that. Because, yes. Very strange. Because it's like, I think that people think I'm an influencer first and then I'm black third or fourth because the things that they were saying to me, and it, this wasn't black people, by the way, these were like non-black people that were non-followers and followers as well. But they would send me articles and be like, you need to use your platform to talk about Black Lives Matter. And I'm like, do you see what color my skin is? Right. Like I am busy being black. I'm, Thanks. You know that this applies to me too, Right. Right. Did you not factor that in? But I, I honestly think they don't think of it as like a, oh yeah, I forgot she's black too. Yeah. So what affects her? And yeah. Her family members, and there's like a there's like a disconnect there. Right. I right. These I, I like I remember this one lady who was a photographer. I guess she wanted to like go to a protest and take pictures of protesters. So she messages me and I'm pretty sure this was the same copy and paste message she sent to like every top verified account that showed up on her. <laughs> but she was like, we need to make this message go viral. Please share my pictures of, of black protesters. And I was like, okay, like this is, this is a white woman, by the way. And I was like, girl, like, I don't know if 
your goal is to actually talk about Black issues. Right. But if you're just attempting to go viral, I cannot help you. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Off the shoulders of a true Black experience. Right. It was the way that she presented this information to me as if it would be jarring and shocking to me. Like, oh, my God, protesters fighting for that. I would have never known. I would have, a Black woman in America, I would have never known. Thank you for making Mm -hmm. you aware. Right, right, right. Girl, it's like a lack of self-awareness for me. And I got so many messages like that. And it got to a point where it was like, y'all need to just stop sending me videos and pictures of like deceased people because- Oh God, I had to to stop. Yeah, yeah. It was like, I just had to tell people to stop. Like you don't ever- Throw in a trigger warning or say, hey, really viral, really, really um, graphic message. But I just yeah. share. Nobody stops to think about that stuff. They share information the same way they do TikToks. And mm-hmm. they don't realize like the person that you're sending this to, like this deeply affects me. To me, it was like no different than like seeing a photo of like a family member being harmed. Like that person looks like me. I could be related to that person. You're not stopping to think about that when you relay this information on my lap. You think, oh, influencer, you have a lot of followers. Talk about it, talk about it. You don't think of how that actually mentally affects me when you're doing that. Yeah, yeah. It it was a lot. And I had to do a lot of um, what the hell you're not going to do is this. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad to hear that you were able to set those boundaries for yourself because there is a lot of pressure to be everything to everyone, period. It's exacerbated when you're online and when you have a significant following. I think it's there's something about the social platforms, the Wi-Fi of it, like all of it, that dehumanizes the other person. You can idolize them, you can love them, and yet still they are not entirely human to you. Add to that the Black experience and it becomes even more dangerous and detrimental. Uh, we had Evelyn from the internet on recently and she has, yeah, she's the best. So funny. She has the viral video about calling in black. Do you ever feel like I just, as an influencer, as a YouTuber, as a beauty mogul, as a public figure, like I need to just call in black today. I can't, I can't make it in. I can't be everything to everybody because I, Jackie need to take care of myself. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. And I think sometimes I think I've literally verbatim said, like, I think sometimes you guys forget that I'm black. I don't know how you forget it, but (laughs) I I think that truly people, there's like a disconnect and they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, let me regroup. This is like a black woman I'm talking to. That's very much so emotionally, um, even in a lot of ways, financially, you know, affected by the same exact things. Like, how do you think I got to where I am? By just being quirky, no, like the stuff that I talk about now is just now acceptable. But for years, I had to be told, don't, don't say, don't even say the word dark in your videos. Like, stop it. Are you serious? Oh, absolutely. People would be like, you talk about black issues too much. You, um, you're old. They would call me the race baiter. Even oh. if it was something as simple as like talking about, oh, I, I, I like this bronzer because it actually shows my cl- complexion. Or I'd be like, oh, brown, brown girl friendly bronzer alert. And people would be like, oh, you talk about race too much. Mad about it. I'm like, this is God a forbid. Channel. Like, God I forbid. Talk about shades. Like, what? Right. So, right. yeah, sometimes I do feel like people forget. They have to like, and I got to remind them. You know, you just let them know just real quick. Just a little little friendly reminder on the timeline. Y'all keep it moving now. We all can't help but wonder what awaits us around the next corner. What new roads are left to be discovered? What adventures lie just over the next ridge? 
Push beyond your current limits and find out. A Nissan Rogue, Nissan Pathfinder, or Nissan Armada will take you there. If you're taking on your adventure in a 2024 Nissan Rogue, class-exclusive Google built-in is always updating assistant that can be called on for almost anything. Whether the adventure is about the destination, the journey itself, or both, your SUV will match your tenacity mile after mile. And no matter how far you wander, you'll remain tethered to home without the need to connect your phone. Along with Assistant, Google Maps and Google Play Store are built right into the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen infotainment system of the 2024 Nissan Rogue. Every single one of Nissan's SUVs have the capabilities to take you where you want to go. The world is waiting to be discovered. What are you waiting for? Learn more at NissanUSA.com. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. This is an Alpha Babe Spotlight, which is uh, really exciting for me because it is purely about highlighting you and all of the Alpha and Babe. And for me, Alpha Babe is really this concept of strength and femininity, softness. Like we do not have to choose one or the other. As a woman who is extremely ambitious, has worked my butt off since I was 13, 14. I couldn't wait to get my workers permit to start hustling and grinding. Yes. Like I was so excited for it. I was selling beef sticks at Hickory Farms. I was working at GameStop. Like in Call of Duty, I never even played the damn game. And I was like, it's great. You're going to love it. Like just hustling. Um, and yet still, we want to be taken care of and pampered and treated kindly and gently sometimes. And then sometimes I want to boss up and I need to do what I got to do and run things. And you just exemplify that alpha babe. Um, so what has that been like for you? And now I want to kind of like shimmy into the personal space when it comes to relationships, relationship dynamics, when it comes to your personal life and not just romantically, your dynamic with friends, family, etc. Sometimes even in work situations with people who are uncomfortable with a strong woman taking up space professionally. Um, how has that journey been for you? Did you have to get comfortable with your alpha or was that always natural. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I definitely had to get more comfortable with my alpha over the years because I mean, I just feel like this is a, a something that a lot of black women can speak to is that, you know, as I mentioned earlier, we're looking at it as like the strength, the pillar, the columns that just hold at the, the backbone of everything. I don't want to be the backbone. Okay. <laughs> How about I'm tired? I'm tired. I need a break. I need a break. No. And like, I'm in a position where I can say that I can do that now, but it took a lot of time. 
it took a lot of team building. I wasn't able to always do that because, you know, I didn't always have an assistant, didn't always have a manager. I didn't always have an agent and a publicist and all other, you know, the makings of what builds you know, the backbone of the Jackie Ina team. Um, and that came with a ton of work and also a lot of rejection. So it took time, but I just knew, I, I knew for a while that like, I'm not going to be able to get to where I want to be if I'm doing everything myself, everything on, on, on the, on the backs of like, Oh, I did it myself. Like, yeah, like it's, it's cool to be able to brag and say like, I did it myself. I did it myself. But to what extent though, to the extent where you're getting three to four hours of sleep at night, and right. You, you you walk into a room looking haggard everywhere you go. No thanks. It's not worth it. It's not, it's worth, not it. worth it. It's not worth it. People love being like, "Oh, I'll sleep when I'm dead. I'll sleep <laughs> because I want to sleep now. I want to sleep tomorrow night. I would I'm love to sleep now. on Thursday. <laughs> I want to do my skincare routine. I want to be able to put time and effort into having time to do my nails and do my hair. Those are the things that I think make an incredibly well balanced like businesswoman, business owner." Even a creative, you like you have to have balance. You absolutely have to have balance. And that's just something that I've learned over the years. But like I said, it, it took time. I, I could not always even afford to do those things. I couldn't afford to, you know, not be booked up 24-7. Like I had to take every job that I could get. But now that I'm in a position and have been for a few years now where I can like actually, I don't have to take every opportunity. I can say no. I really truly embrace the art of like self-care and you know, just being pampered. And that's also a little, um, if I can throw in my brand, but that's- Oh, you already know. We going to Forever Mood. <laughs> like, ain't no way you're not talking about Forever Mood. Talk to us about the self-care. I mean, that's literally where that entire brand was birthed. was like, I wanted something where people can literally feel taken care of. And like, don't forget to make sure you're, you, you're good first. Because when you're good- first and foremost, internally, emotionally, everything else around you is going to operate smoothly and just like clockwork. And if you're not taking care of yourself, I don't know, you, you, you might be surviving, but why should I have to survive? I want to thrive. Like I want to love what I do and I want to enjoy coming to work and creating content and, 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 you know, being the person that I am. And I can't necessarily do that if I'm running on E all the time, you gotta like, at the end of the day, like, just please take care of you first. It's okay to be a little, a little selfish, maybe not at the detriment of others, but like to the point where you can be whole and like thrive and like in love with you do. Please do it. Please take care of yourself. yourself Yeah, that's it. Selfish is not a bad word. I've said that many (laughs) times. I've said it on the podcast. You cannot pour from, from an empty cup. And that might sound so cliche, but it's so true. When I am exhausted and burnt out, I'm not showing up as my best self. Nobody wants to be around somebody who's miserable and snappy and on edge all the time. So I can't show up for you unless I show up for me first. So I love that you have that perspective. Also, shout out to Jackie. So the Forever Mood candles, they were in our Hot Happy Mess gift boxes that we sent out. Thank you, love. They're delicious. Thank you. I'm so glad you love them. Oh my gosh. How has the reaction been to the brand and also launching a brand like this in the middle of a pandemic? I know. Bravo. How did that go? Okay. So at first it was scary and it was (laughs) definitely risky, but because we were already working on it pre-pandemic, it kind of was just like a... I mean, this is the perfect time. Like, yeah, the girls Y'all ain't got nothing to do but light up in the house. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, my my, I'm in the industry of beauty, makeup, skin, hair, fashion. But there was a time where you know all of that stuff was being shelved because people weren't going anywhere. And I wanted to create something that people could enjoy now in the lowest. Like, I mean, 
if you're going through a breakup, if you just lost your job, you know, and a lot of people have experienced that this year. If you, if you're grieving somebody, there's, I can't think of a single thing that I've been through where I wouldn't have lit a candle. Like it's perfect for everything. It's something that can transform a room. Fragrance and scents in general are like the one thing that are literally tied to memories, places that you've lived. I can smell something that like, oh, this reminds me of Hawaii. Oh, this reminds me of Kuwait. Oh, this reminds me of, you know, Switzerland. Like there's so many different, like fragrance and scent is the only thing that does that. And so I wanted to, um, one, because I was already a candle lover. And like I said, we were already talking about starting this brand way before even the pandemic hit. But I was just like, let's just, let's just speed it up. Like, let's, let's get it popping now. Might as well. So we launched the brand. The response has been incredible. And people have already known how much I love candles and, and perfumes and scents and fragrances anyway. So they were like, okay, this is different, but it's kind of not because it makes sense to you. You've already been talking about this stuff. It's not makeup and beauty, but we already know how Jackie feels about, I'm saying it in third person like they're saying it, right? <laughs> right, right, right. We already know how you feel, so we're with it. And the response has been, wow. I was just not expecting, I, I honestly, because people always say, well, you have a lot of followers. What did you expect? Did you expect the pot? And it's like, no, because some people have followers and they will not show up when you launch a product because they are you. not that invested. Thank so. you. Exactly. <laughs> Especially because it was a bit of a pivot for me professionally. It was, it was home fragrance. And that's not what my main platform is about. So we went into it thinking like, you know, we can like start with some, you know, something cute, whatever. We started a little mailing list and it was like 50,000 people. <laughs> oh, oh, damn. Yeah. Wait, you, so, had, you have 50K on the mailing list? It was 50,000. It was like 50,000 people in like two days. Wow. So we were like, oh. Wow. <laughs> okay. Uh, it seems that we have something here, fellow. Yeah, like, okay. So, yeah, it was like, it's, it was just not, I was honestly not expecting that at all. Especially right now, I truly thought, Okay, if we stock up and we get a lot, this will last us a couple of months. People can get to know the brand. No, they had other plans. They bought that so fast, sold out the first day. We had like a pre pre order. Um, the first day, ten thousand gone in an hour. Wow, Jackie, that's amazing. Yeah, the candle smells so good though. So there's no surprise to me that the, the success oh, has been continued. Me, like, delicious. No, and you know, I'm really good at like describing not only like what something smells like, but like the experience. So like, I'll be like, okay, when I smell this, I'm in a diner, I'm with a man or like, it's, it's a flannel, in, in a, in a fragrance. And like, What's your favorite fragrance? What's your go-to of all the candles? Oh, I thought you were going to say perfume. Okay. So oh. my favorites, they, they change all the time because I mean, it's season, you know. It's mood. It depends how you're feeling. It's mood. Exactly. Uh-huh. Right now, because it's Christmas. I'm going to say it's a toss-up between Fine Pine and Naughty Nice. Um, so Naughty Nice is, oh, it is <laughs> like a, it's, it's definitely a little bit on the manly side. It's like if, van- if a vanilla fragrance was made from a guy, made into a cologne, it's, mm. it's very much like something that you put by the fireplace. It's an amazing nighttime candle. So like right before bed, it's toasty. It's it's sweet, but slightly musky as as well. And um, very luxe. When you smell it, you don't smell vanilla. It's there. It's very present. But you're like, 
You can't really pinpoint. There's something happening here. I can't so put my finger on it. It's so custom. You can't really pinpoint one thing. And that's what I love about our candles is it's not just one blaringly obvious ingredient. It's a bunch of different experiences in one. And then fine pine is our, um, it's a pine scented candle, but I don't typically like pine. So when I first got the sample, I was like, pine, please, no, thank you. You didn't like it. I love pine. I don't typically it's like the woods. It's very Christmassy. No, because I just think like it's a little too manly for me sometimes. Okay, okay. So then they were like, no, just stress us. This has pine, but it also has tangerine. And I was like, I mean, well, that's a combination if ever I've heard one. But I was not interested. I was like, <laughs> what? But then I started burning it and I was like, Ooh, I hold that. Shoot, I'm like fine. This is cute. I can do this. Yeah, so those are my my favorite right now. Okay, so you know exactly the holiday spirit. Um, you're obviously successful by just about anyone's standards. But what do you define success as now at this point in your life? Has that definition changed when you look at everything you've accomplished? And I'm talking holistically, so not just professionally, but personally. What makes you successful? So <laughs> when I first started making money, I felt like, because I never had it. <laughs> like, right? Yeah. Keep it real. We keep it real. Check. So when I first started like really actually making like livable money on social media and nothing else, this was like 2015, 2016-ish. And my definition of success was literally being able to use auto pay. (laughs) Girl, let me, can we talk about, can we get so real about this? Because yes, auto pay is like creme de la creme for me for success. And I am still so traumatized by how broke I used to be. I can't do it. I can't commit to auto pay still. My girl, they have cut my Verizon wireless plan off at least twice in the last year. And when I tell you, I can pay for the freaking bill, but something about me has set such a pattern of not having enough money to pay bills that like, I'm just, I'm just in it. Like a lot of stuff is on auto pay, but for some reason I won't do it with Verizon. And I think it's just me trying to like not break (laughs) patterns that I need to break. But it's so fascinating to me that you say that because that's real. It's those tiny things sometimes that mean a lot when you can finally do it if you couldn't before. Yeah, I, I definitely view that as a privilege. And so mm-hmm. being able to do that, I was like, okay, I'm good now. Okay, we all auto pay. Nice, nice. Okay, that was four or five years ago. What, what's Jackie talking about in 2020 when it comes to... Because we saw the G-Wagon, the, the Matty, the, the olive green mat. Green goblin. <laughs> yes, yes. So I, I feel like my definition of success now is to be able to spread the wealth. So I don't want to just be able to eat good. Like I want to be able, I want to be able to like provide for my family, my immediate family, my siblings, my mom. You know, I want to be able to retire my mom, and I, I probably could do that now. But I just need to like work out the kinks and you know finalize some things. Um, for me, yeah, it, it looks like generational success. It's like how are my kids kids gonna do? You know. So I think about these things a lot as I step into newness as a brand owner, business owner, hopefully one day multiple business owner. And, um, yeah. I just think about like how long are those so, how, how long are those seats going to sew past just my lifetime? You know, exactly. It's legacy building at this point. That's success for me. 
You recently said, I found my quote, a man could be 10 times more successful than a woman, but still be jealous and insecure that she is more in the spotlight than he is. I am so incredibly blessed to be in the relationship I'm in now. I'm not with a man who competes with me or worse, tries to sabotage what I got going. He adds value. Mm -hmm. When I tell you that hit me like on a spiritual level, because as an ambitious woman, someone who works their butt off, you like men very often like the idea of a woman like us, like the idea of a high achieving go-getter. But when it comes to the day-to-day of committing to a woman like that, they cannot check them ego. They cannot check their egos enough Mm -hmm. to commit to showing up for her without feeling less than or slighted or their success being a direct reflection of their lack thereof or what they are or aren't doing. And they could be successful in their own right, which is the craziest part. But if you are doing it too, they feel some type of way more often than I think a lot of men admit. What was, where was that for you? Where was that, that quote coming from? And what's your perspective on, on relationship dynamics and power dynamics? And how did you get to that place? Especially when you think about what you said about being 21 and completely unhappy. And now to be in a dynamic where not only is your success applauded and encouraged, it's supported and truly respected. Well, okay. So when I tweeted that, I definitely was thinking of like, a couple friends that I know who always tell me these horror stories of these dates that they go on with these really successful men. You know, they Google these women and then they start glitching and then they start tweaking, just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm, I'm not the only person of value in this relationship. No, you ain't. Like, women aren't eating at the same tables as y'all are. Get used to it. It's okay. And I remember sometimes I'll tweet stuff like casually because maybe I talked about it to a friend, but I remember tweeting that thinking like, oh, child, like, let me just tell you because that right now, thankfully, that is not my portion. But, but I have definitely been in relationships where the guy was the breadwinner. And as soon as I start making a little something or as soon as I start getting one victory lap or as soon as I start you know, getting an ounce of success, they either sabotage it or they'll start like just saying stuff to try to like humble me again. Like people, I feel like a lot of people have this obsession with like humbling black women. Like the moment we get one thing, we can't have a moment. And yeah, I've, I've definitely been in relationships like that. And the relationship that I'm in now is night and freaking day. The, the difference is, very clear like i'm very much so with a man that doesn't stand in the way of what i'm doing nor does he try to compete with what i'm doing you know he literally quite literally adds value like fit is a perfect match he has so many like he's taught me so many incredible things his background is actually finance so i know because here I am, I start, when, when we first started dating, I was like doing okay. I wasn't as successful as I am now. Um, but when we first started dating, he was still in the corporate banking, investment banking space. And when we finally started to get serious and he was like, so you don't save money? <laughs> oh, like, listen, that, that? 
It hits the heart. My boyfriend was like, okay, so you think you're cute, but the thing is, until your accounts is balanced. And I was like, hold on, okay, get my life together. That is an asset right there, Jackie. Oh, that's, are you kidding? That's yes. Are you kidding me? And then I love and it. And then on top of that, for it to be somebody that you actually trust and know right. won't, won't take advantage of you, it is a bluff. Like, honestly, I have been lost because not a lot of people can say that they have a partner like that or they can trust the person that they're with like that but when I tell you he has taught me so much about just like saving investing um you know knowing when to say no to an opportunity you know when to say yes to an opportunity. it really has been just such a fruitful relationship in so many ways and like yeah. I just I genuinely like being around him too you know like he's not only like a good person but he yeah. is somebody that like genuinely has taught me a lot about how to just be better in the space that I'm in now and in the career that I'm in now Instead of trying to like sabotage a compete, because these men can <laughs> <laughs> be out here just trying to ruin your whole yeah. your whole vibe. And they'll be literally sitting on ducats and like doing very well. And they'll just be like with women that it's like there's weirdly jealous. I don't know what it is. Yes. No, no doubt. It's like I need to you need to invest in me, pour into me. Like it's so crazy. Some of the the relationships that I've seen acquaintances go through or friends, and it's like there's no way that if a man is comfortable and not just comfortable, but excited about your success, that you should still have the dynamic you have where it feels like there's no support coming from that partner. Right. And again, that's just a testament to their either ego or oftentimes insecurity, lack of, you know confident ego. Uh, what advice would you give to the alpha babes listening who are trying to to figure out a relationship dynamic and they are more alpha than maybe the traditional or stereotypical woman? Like, So what's, what's been the key for you? What would you say to the women out there who are strong? You know, I, I feel like um, going back to what we were saying about our like the dynamics professionally, how it's okay to sometimes say no, um, not be strong all the time, you know, being a bit of a damsel in distress mm-hmm. um, <laughs> doesn't hurt. And Wait, so what do you, you be uh, like, babe, can you, the faucet I, <laughs> I used to be, let me tell you something. I used to be the girl, like, standing next to a guy, carrying, like, l- lugging things. I do it myself, you know, like, I'm strong. Up. No. Not anymore. See, see, yes. And I need to do more of that. Because no. I'm over here trying to be like, I could do it by myself and I'm just tired and sore and lifting boxes I don't need to lift. You got to just let mm-hmm. you do it. Have you, have you, do your thing. And I'll sit and, here. And honestly, at the end of the day, why should I do it? He right mm. there. He right mm. there. And he'll happily, like, I be thinking, I be thinking, like, you realize he don't think the way you think, right? So if somebody asked me to do it for them, I'd probably be like, oh. I, I gotta get up. I gotta do. But when it's uh, when it's him, and especially when it's somebody that loves you, he's like, "Oh yeah, sure, babe." Like I don't mind. And I'm like, "Oh, he's so nice. Like he's so sweet." I'll, you know, I'll be like, "Babes, oh, you're just so tall. This this wine glass up here, like, do you think you can give me a hand? You just I can't I, reach. I, I, I never uh, what I do about you. So hard. A lot of times I am being like kind of tongue in cheek and he clearly, right. I'm like playing it up and I'm being, but it's yeah. not like a joke because it's like, yeah, of course I could do it myself, but I, I want my man to do it. And like, he genuinely does not mind. Like he's so sweet and he's so funny. So I think it's a lot of balance of like, it's okay to like, you know, re, re, like 
relinquish yourself of having this, I have to do everything myself all the time. You absolutely don't. And when someone loves you, they're not going to let you do that anyway. Like they're going to, and that's just the truth. Like when they love you, they're going to help you. Right, right. So receive that, open ourselves up to receiving. Receive. Yeah. The word it's hard. is receive. It's receive. Hard. But not anymore, honey. I'll receive mm. everything. Oh, you want to thank you? I'll be sitting back letting him do what he's going to do. And yeah. I just receive. I don't resist. I don't fight. I don't argue. And I don't Nope. I love it. That's officially, that's our party trick of the week. We have a segment where we give a party trick, just a little something for the week. You guys receive, mm-hmm. appreciate the act of receiving. It sometimes is very difficult for me. I'll say no to stuff that secretly I actually want. And then I look no. back and I'm like, why? No. I'm the only one sitting with my pride without the thing that I wanted. And I that was also even applies to like compliments. Like if somebody tells you, you look nice, yeah. Receive it. Don't argue. Thank you. Them. Just say yeah. thank you. And it's okay to be like, you know what? I do look nice. Thank you. As a matter of fact, you know <laughs> I'm glad you noticed. Right. Yes. I'm so glad. Thank you, girl. I just got this new wig. Oh, you like my nails? Thank you. Oh, she cute, huh? Like you can make it funny, but you, and that does not make you arrogant. It doesn't make you stuck up. It just puts you in a position to really, really like, no, I deserve this. And I feel like we don't tell ourselves we deserve stuff enough and that's we we you know we beat ourselves up we see the stuff that we see in the media that portrays us negatively um as black women and we learn we we try to like be like super overly humble nah nah humble is not i I describe myself in a lot of different ways i don't consider myself humble (laughs) i'm not i'm not arrogant i'm a nice person but i'm also like if somebody says look good you're right yeah, yeah. You're like, I do look extremely attractive. You're all very welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you for noticing. No, that's it. And like we as women are so conditioned to have humility to sometimes it's faux humility. Sometimes you want to brag on yourself. We work our butts off to get where we are to do what we do. And then society still says, but I'm not comfortable when you shine like that. And I'm really not comfortable when you own it. Mm. So the fact that you're saying own it, accept it, receive it. And don't add the, but don't add the, Oh my God, but this was a hot mess or, Oh, but this was, thank you. That's exactly it. You got it right. When you gave me that compliment and it doesn't mean you're arrogant. It just means you're confident and self-aware and you know what you bring to the table. That's it. Exactly. Period. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, to wrap up, what is next for you? And then what's in your happiness cocktail? So what's next for me, definitely more business ventures that are centered around making people feel good and look good at the same time. Cause looking good, I never hurt nobody. Mm-hmm, never so just building my empire, you know, and doing more things like that are, are not social media related, you know, like more brands, more businesses. So I'm super excited about that and actively working on those and my happiness cocktail. Definitely a lot of laughter. I laugh at everything. I'm that person that laughs at like every single joke. Like I'm just everything is funny to me. Everything is funny to you. Um, candles, of course. Candles and just fragrance in general. Fragrance is is literally like my true first love. Before I discovered makeup, before I discovered fashion. Yes, yes, it is fragrance for me. Like that's how I used to bond with my mom. I also grew up, I also grew up. Um, with hyperhidrosis, I was at an overactive sweater. So we, you know, like when, when you're an overactive sweater, you're always like wearing a lot of fragrance to try to drown it out. And of course, different. And so growing up, I like 
had to like get to know different fragrances and different scents because I was always masking the smell. So that fragrance, candles, perfumes. All right. There we go. It's the perfect combo. Wait, now I have to ask, have you ever Botoxed your underarms? Chrissy Teigen did it. Non-negotiable for me. Should I do that? I've been thinking about doing it. I'm just like skeptical. I just don't know if I, if it'll work or not. It's really, really good. And it actually, really, okay. Yeah, it's like, okay. Well, Miss Jackie, Ina, thank you so much for your time. You are such a motivation for women and men alike. I appreciate you taking the time to just sit down and share your story with our hot, happy mess audience. And we can't wait to see what is next for you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Of course. Hot, happy mess. Special thanks again to Jackie Ina for joining me for such an amazing conversation. What a way to kick off our Alpha Babe Spotlight series. Make sure you keep up with her on Instagram. Check out all the things she has going on because I'm sure there's so much more to come. Oh, and before I forget, if you have someone who you think would make an amazing Alpha Babe Spotlight, it doesn't matter who they are, what they do, no need to be a celebrity or an influencer or a famous person. It could be a real woman who's just killing the game and is worthy of and deserves this sort of spotlight and just more shine on on what she's doing, tell us, submit them, nominate an alpha babe that you love for the spotlight. Shoot, nominate your damn self, okay? Go ahead, shoot your shot. Send us an email, hello at hothappymess.com or slide in the DMs at hothappymess on Instagram and let us know who you think should be a future alpha babe spotlight and why. Don't forget, y'all, next week, it's going down, okay? I'm so excited for this next series. It's the Love and Relationship series. We're just getting straight into the thick of it. We're talking about how to be single and not just pretend to love it. You bet to maximize, maximize those years, okay? Those are some good years. We have a bonus episode where I'm linking up with my group chat, and we are talking about the dumbest single shit we have ever done, because trust me, There's plenty, plenty to talk about. Uh, Commitment issues, attachment theory, how to date with intention, sex, sex, sex. Let's talk about sex, baby. I had to do it. Is there any other song that people think of and automatically sing when the topic of sex comes up besides that one? Someone slide in my DMs and and give me some recommendations. Otherwise, you're going to hear me break out into that for at least two, maybe three episodes. Thanks. Um, We're also talking about how to craft your ideal relationship, get your power couple on, how to break up if you need to walk away, if you feel like, okay, should I be in this? Should I not? Should I stay? Should I go? Engagement, marriage, divorce, all of it. We're also going to explore alternative lifestyles, y'all. We are just, we're digging deep. It's going to get real. And you already know we are going to have some very special guests. Some of your absolute faves will be popping up on the podcast this year. We are booked. We are busy. We cannot wait to share what is up our hot, happy sleeve, okay? So make sure you're subscribed. In the meantime, hit that button right now, and I will see you next Monday. Bye, guys. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. At- 